Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shadow. Shabbat Shalom. One of my least favorite phrases is when someone says to me, Jews believe, or Jews think. There's this level of certainty and hubris that one person can speak for all that really rubs me the wrong way. There's a reason that two Jews, three opinions is more of a truth than a joke. And our community of many voices isn't a new phenomenon. It goes all the way back to our oldest rabbinic texts. Jews are not a monolith following a clear path of tradition laid out for us thousands of years ago. One reason that Judaism survives to this day is because of our ability to grow and change and adapt our traditions to our surroundings, to bring in new ideas and answer new questions. If anyone ever tells you that their Judaism reflects a perfect understanding of God's will and it will never change, well, I would run. We may ask ourselves, what causes Judaism to change? Sometimes it's huge events like the destruction of the temple, the enlightenment, the Holocaust, or other major moments in our people's history. But even more often, it's the voices of people who stand up and say, make space for me in this community. And sometimes quickly, and sometimes painfully slowly, Judaism's tent begins to expand. This week, we continue to read about the laws of settling and inheriting the promised land as the people prepare to enter Israel. Each tribe is assigned a portion of land according to the number of people in the tribe, and the land is passed down from father to son or the next closest male relative. Only men can inherit. Women are assimilated into the land of their fathers and then of their husbands. And since these are God's rules, as given in the Torah, they must be correct, perfect, and unchangeable. We know what God wants for men to inherit. That's what Judaism says, if you only read as far as Numbers chapter 27. But then we meet Mala, Noah, Holga, Milka, and Tirza, the daughters of a man named Zalafchad of the tribe of Menashe. Their father dies without leaving any male relatives, which means that his land gets returned to the tribe. The sisters go plead their case before Moses and the entire assembly of Israel, asking that they be given the land so that their father's name is not erased from history. Moses, recognizing the seriousness and complexity of challenging God's laws, takes the matter to the Holy One. Immediately, God says, The claim of these women is just. They should be given their father's land. 
And God doesn't just change the law in this one specific case. God recognizes the injustice of the inheritance system and allows daughters to inherit if there are no sons. Let that sink in for a moment. A group of women challenge God's laws, and God says, you're right. My original framing didn't take into account half the population of Israel, and we have to change that, not just for these five women, but for all Israelites, for all time. God and Moses are able to do something that is really hard for most people. They are able, able to hear the voices of these women, marginalized and vulnerable, without the protection of either father or husband, and not only hear them, but respond, change, and grow. God and Moses do not hide behind their positions of power, behind the absolute certainty that they are right. Instead, they open their minds and their hearts to the pain of those who are standing before them. They are not threatened by these women asking to be included. They are inspired. So the law changes. It expands to be more inclusive, to give people more rights than they had before. And what is the root of the change? The idea that if people are invisible, our society cannot be just. Laws cannot be just if they exclude whole groups of the population, even if those people were omitted the first, in the first draft. But it's hard. It's hard to see the things that are invisible to us. We are so sure that we can see everything that we don't know what we can't see. And it's hard if you feel invisible to find your voice and make someone see you. But the Torah has a solution for us, as it so often does. Compassion and hope. In the Sifrei, an ancient midrash on the book of Numbers, the rabbis tell the behind-the-scenes story of, the, of Zlafcha, the, the sisters, planning to plead their case to Moses. The sisters speak to one another, saying, the compassion of human beings is different than the compassion of God. Human beings value men over women. They have more compassion for the needs of men than for the needs of women. But God... God has compassion for all, equally, and without reservation. If we point out this injustice to God, God's compassion for us and for all of humanity will come through. Even God, who has compassion for all, sometimes needs a reminder that the world is not completely just. Sometimes we need a reminder that when there's a problem in front of us, we should begin with compassion instead of with certainty. If we are supposed to walk in God's ways, then the godly thing to do is to solve the problem with compassion, with an understanding that we are not perfect interpreters of text, and that those who stand in front of us, those who are most affected, deserve to have their voices heard. When we approach our laws with compassion, it necessarily signals to us to ask the question, who is most affected by this law? Are their voices being heard? How can I ensure visibility for those I cannot see? And when we create community from a place of compassion, then we invite everyone in to stand with us and to make sure that there is a place where all are welcomed. 
This story also illustrates the importance of hope, especially when you are fighting something as big and powerful as God's laws. The writer Rebecca Solnit teaches, hope locates itself in the premise that we don't know what will happen and that in the spaciousness of uncertainty is room to act. When you recognize uncertainty, you recognize that you may be able to influence the outcomes, you alone or in concert with a few dozen or several million others. Hope is an embrace of the unknown and the unknowable, an alternative to the certainty of both optimists and pessimists. Optimists think it will all be fine without our involvement. Pessimists take the opposite position. Both exclude themselves from acting. Both Moses and the sisters have hope. Hope that something can be different than it was before. Hope that what God wants is to create the most just and loving society, but just needs a little reminder. The sisters go to Moses and Moses goes to God because they can imagine a world where even God can change. They are not so optimistic to believe that it will change without their voices, but not so pessimistic to think that all is lost. There is no doubt that we live in a world where many people feel invisible. There is no doubt that we live in a world where laws are made without regard for who they affect. So there's a lesson here for us as well. For when things seem bleak and those in positions of great power seem to be writing all the rules, compassion and hope. Enough compassion to open our eyes and our hearts to those who feel unseen and enough hope to know that even if the fight is long, each of us has a part to play. After all, even God can change. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Amen.